Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Lizard cream is the easiest way to tell if your loved ones have turned into a shape-shifting lizard person. Bye. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. I was nine years old. And it was the first time oh. I saw naked boobs I was that weren't say, my mom's. I, I bet you. <laughs> well, my a, mom would have me every day. What a caveat. Give me some beads. Mom. <laughs> you're the lunch monitor, mom. Stop showing all the kids your teas. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted. Five minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir. Shavaka do. You want to sack? The guy is drunk. Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Monday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a. Big show today. Mm-hmm. We have the segment that's not a segment, Yikes, coming up at 534. I'm very proud of my yikes today. Are you? Yeah. Very Any proud. reason for that? No. Did, uh, okay. No. I mean, I'm proud of mine, too, but I don't know. Well, well not, enough, have, not enough to tell people. Have to have them do battle and see which one's better, I guess. Dueling yikes. Mm-hmm. Teddy, how you feel about your yikes today? I like one of my yikes, so I'm very proud of one of them. It's like T-Bone's kids. <laughs> one will be successful. That's right, yeah. It's probably the youngest right now, because she's the one with the most uh, go-getter in her. She's just everywhere. She's she's two, and we can't keep up with her. Well, life much. hasn't kicked her in the face yet. No, no, She's been in the all. house. She's a pandemic kid. Man, let me tell you right now. I, I It's a great song. I don't know if you've heard it, Mike. I don't know if you've heard it, Ted. The We Don't Talk About Bruno song? No. Okay. It's from this new Disney movie called Encanto, and it's a great movie. It's fun. I liked it a lot. We watched it with the kids. It is the song that we have going the most in the house right now because all three of the girls love it for various reasons, but the youngest can't really sing the words yet, Mm -hmm. so she just walks around. There's a line in the song where they say, We Don't Talk About Bruno no, 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 like that. And then she just walks around the house going, we know talkie, Bruno, no, no, and just, it's well, She's cute. got a career in radio. <laughs> hey, we know talkie, we know likey. I've made an entire career of that. <laughs> right, and it's very cute when she does it, but it is the song that right now I cannot get out of my head. It is stuck there forever. And so while it's a great song, and a lot of people love it. Well, Teddy I have become it. sick of it now. Teddy, pull it up on YouTube, and then Bone can sing some of it. Make sure you edit the swearing out, Ted, before Is you Is there a lot of swearing? That, that, that Lin-Manuel Miranda, he really likes to go for it in yeah. these Disney movies. It's something. The C word is what he likes to throw <laughs> in there. He doesn't even fool around with the other words. He goes straight for the gold. Wow, that was something. Yeah. yeah. All right, anyway, uh, what do we have? We have, oh, we have a new head coach. I saw that the Houston Texans have decided on Lovey Smith. He sort of came out of nowhere. He was the defensive coordinator last year. Here's how it works for me. Um, Lovey Smith walks in. Who's their stupid GM guy, 
Bone? Oh, is it Nick Casero? Yes, that's who's right. The GM. Nick and then they have they have the other guy who's like the the chaplain from the Patriots that is like also running the team, but I forget his name. Is that Jack Easterby? Is that his yes, name? Yes, yes, something Easterby. You're right. It's Jack Easterby or something, something like, like that. that. He just, All right, so anyway. He's like a performance coach who's been elevated to running almost the entire team. Which Jack is Easterby, uh, Nick Cicero, Nick Cicero's. Yeah. Um, who else is probably very influential? Joel Osteen, well, he's there as well. <laughs> he's, he's involved in the hiring process. He's got the megachurch down there. Hakeem Olajuwon is he's influential. There. He's just because well. he's, he's you know part of things. Why right? not? By the way, Houston, there's, yeah. there's one person in that room that has brain cell, and it's Hakeem That's Olajuwon. That's right. I trust Hakeem Olajuwon to run things. Yeah. So they're all no, sitting yeah. there, and, and Lovey Smith walks in, and he says, you know, I'm just putting words in Lovey's mouth now. Hey, guys, I've, I've been a coach for a long time, been a head coach at two different stops in the NFL, was a head coach in college. That didn't go so well, but I'm not a college guy. I'm a pro guy. I've been in this organization now. I think I know what you want, and I think I'm the right man for the job. And then one of those influential people looks at Lovey Smith and says, Lovey, we believe in you. However, if you ever shave off this Frederick Douglass-style beard, you're fired. That's He's- the only reason why you're getting this job. He well, he should not ever uh, shave that beard. No, it is regal. It is I love wonderful. It. I love the beard. Yeah, it's it's truly spectacular. And I'm I'm for by the way, like full like as as big a beard as you can go as a head coach. It didn't always work out, right? Matt Patricia tried that, and it it was it was not good. No, he just looked like sloppy guy. No, beard. that's and that's what I'm saying. Like if you can grow it, grow it well get it well groomed and formed well like yes go for it i i want to see all beards all the time out there on the sidelines i think that'd be great but lovey you know i actually don't like what he's done with this beard right now because now he has just a full big beard when he was at illinois he had the full big beard but no mustache which made it even better oh i for, you know what i forgot about the no mustache yes. part of that that is a that is a decision that's a real thing. You get up in the morning and say, nope, we're not going to let nature just take its course. I'm going to shave this very specific part of my face, but the rest of it is going to grow crazy. Well, you I know what he says to people? Why. Like Matt Patricia, you look at him and it's like, well, he's just too lazy to shave. He's not doing this for a fashion statement. No, no. But when somebody takes the time to shave their lip and let everything else go, you know they're doing this on purpose. This is a plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, look. I think Lovey has plenty of history in the league to show that he can be a good coach. He has had moments as well that show you maybe he's not the greatest coach in the world, but certainly he's got a resume that beats out a lot of the other slap crap whatevers that are out there right. getting jobs left and right. You be know, careful these guys. Kanto. I didn't know. Well, we no, the, I was going to say slap nuts. I guess I could say slap. Yeah, nuts. all right. That's, that's fine. fine. I don't know why I just got scared of nuts all of a sudden on this show. Jeez. Anyway, there's a lot of guys out there that. It's. I mean, look who else was in the running for that job, Josh McCown, who's done zero coaching in his life, yeah. was going to be given the reins potential. They said, "Well, we think he could be a great." I wonder coach. if he makes this Not staff. Yet. I wonder if they put him on Lovey's staff. And then they're sort of grooming him oh. to be the guy in the future. Wouldn't that be like, would that not be a kick in the teeth? Like, yeah, sure. They're going to pay him millions of dollars to be a coach. Kick me in the teeth like that. But if they're like, hey, Lovey, you get the job on one condition. You got to teach Josh McCown how to be a head coach. I'd be like, why? Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I mean, he may, he may end up being a phenomenal coach for all we know, but we see how much experience it takes to get one of these jobs for most people. And then Josh McCown is like, well, you were 
kind of, you were around the NFL for a long time. You were okay. You weren't really great ever, but you played for a long time. So you could probably coach. You get to be a finalist for the Texans job. How insane is that? So, yeah, maybe they will add him to the staff and let him learn, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Buckeyes take care of Maryland yesterday. EJ was great. Justin Arns hit a few shots, and now we should have a parade for him. So Buckeyes Man. improved to 10-1 and one at home. Also today, I think it's coming down today at some point, they're going to announce the rescheduled dates for Nebraska and Iowa, and it may include moving some existing games around on the schedule. So stay tuned for that. If we hear about it, we'll let you know. I uh, you brought up Justin Arns, and I know there are a lot of. I mean, I'm rooting for the guy, right? I I don't want to see him suck. I don't well, want to see him. I'm rooting for bad. him because if he's good, it helps my team be good. Well, yeah, but I I know you're not like this because you're a heartless bastard. But like I I do look at guys like Justin Arns and think it must suck to be, you know, have the body of a college basketball player to have a skill set you are known for. And then you get out on the court, and the thing you're most known for doing, you're not able to do. That just, I, I feel for him in the sense of not being able to get the job done. But that all said, the narrative that surrounds this guy, Mike, how, how many games is it where you have to shoot terribly where they don't call it a slump? They just say, that's who you are. But see, we talked about this, and that's what drives me crazy is that, you know, we, oh, he got out of his slump last night or yesterday with four three pointers. Well, okay. Which is, Great, do that every game. That'd be, I'd love that. All right, but my issue is, is that it's not a slump when it defines the majority of your career. This is what you are. Oh well, and the national guys too calling the game, right? I mean, they're they that's don't like know the, what they're doing. I know that's the first thing as soon as he hits the shot, right? They they just instantly go to like, oh, you got to watch out for the woof. Get ready because this is this this guy's dangerous, and it's like dangerous to who? I mean. I wish he was dangerous. I'm sure he wishes he was dangerous, Mike, but he's going to give you three to four games a year where he's dangerous. So right. is that a slump or is that just who he is? Don't you think a lot of college basketball players, if they were told, we don't care on offense about you driving, we don't care about you doing anything else, what we want you to do is go set up and get ready and try to get your shot. That's what we're we're going to have when you're out there. I mean, I know he sets screens and he does move the offense, and that's what you have to do as a college basketball player. But I'm saying if he, you know, don't you think Malachi Branham, they were like, just line up, just run to the three-point line, sit there and wait for someone to hook you up. Like, and that's his only job. Don't you think he could be a pretty good shooter too? Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I don't understand this notion that, Justin Arns is this invaluable shooting weapon or that yesterday he got out of his slump. He he had a better game than he usually does, sure. But do you know who else is shooting right now around where Justin Arns is shooting on this team, Mike? Like, Michi Johnson is shooting 37% from three-point land. Justin Arns is shooting 36%. I mean, they're similar in except... Michi's not really known as like, oh, he's just three-point guy. Like, yes, he's hit some big three-pointers, but he has to do a lot of other things, too, really well. No one is really looking at Justin Arns and saying, that's a guy who you can count on to do a lot of other things. He's pretty much known as a three-point specialist, and I'm really not sure why. Like I said, I don't hate this dude. I don't dislike him at all. But EJ's shooting 40%. Malachi Branham shoots 40% from three-point land. They don't get the three points. They just get, they're really good, and they hit threes, um, along with everything else you have to do. I don't know if people are aware, but 
to be in the top 100 in college basketball as a three-point shooter this year, you have to be shooting at a 44% clip. That's clip? to that's to clip. That's to get into the top 100 three-point shooters in college basketball, well, which there. he's just in a slump. 44%, yeah, man, that's there. what I'm trying to there. tell you is like they the only guy on this team that's even sniffing that is Cedric Russell, who of course does not get the minutes that Justin Arns typically gets, but all I'm getting to is I don't know where this narrative has come from that he's a three-point specialist. Yes, early in his career, it looked like he might turn into that. He has not. He is he is a role player. That's what he is. Stop. I don't know. It's nothing against him. It's about all these people who just lazily throw that out there like that's a real thing. It's not. If you actually watch these games, that's not who he is. And look, that's not to say that you and I don't want him to be successful. Of course of we do. Of course. Of I hope, course we do. I hope he hits... Six of them or seven if of them in the team, Big Ten tournament in a game or something like that. If this team is going to make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament or the Big Dance, you're going to need to significantly improve your outside shooting, and he's a large component of that. My issue and your issue, too, is that he's always sort of been this guy. It's not like he's been all super deadly the last two years, and this year something just hit him the wrong way. No, he is this guy. He's inconsistent. Once in a while, he can hit you three. That's it. That's all he yeah. is. And I, like I said... I don't dislike him. I want him to be the guy. But let me run through his career three-point shooting percentage. This year, 35.9. That's bad. Last year, best year ever, 42.5%. Again, to be top 100, you got to be near 45% these days. 40% in 2019-2020, 38% his freshman year. What, what am I missing? Like, as far as that's not elite college-level three-point shooter, that might be one of the best things about his game, but it's just a weird thing that we're doing with him that I I honestly think doesn't help him for whatever it's worth. Not that the national media should care about that, but I saw every Buckeye blogger posting this like, Justin Arns returns to form. Like, right. What form? What are we talking about? He's a, he's a career 39.8% three-point shooter. That's not returning to form. That's just him kind of shooting like a role player. That's what he is. Next up at Rutgers on Wednesday, NHL All-Star game from the weekend. And uh, what else? Oh, Hugh Jackson needs to stop talking. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle on I-71 northbound at Hudson Street. It is causing slowdowns in this area. It's on the ramp from Hudson. Police are on scene trying to get things cleaned up, but plan on some heavy backups coming from 17th Avenue. Starving Report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low-down payments and flexible payment options to help the customer stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit up online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Some fans drink the Kool-Aid. These guys drink the bleach. This is Man and Bone. Reaction Monday is brought to you by Taco Bell. 
My wife was very excited last night because she looked at me with that look in her eye that only means one thing. No, we didn't touch. (laughs) She looked at me and said, Super Bowl's next week. You know what that means? Nacho fries are coming back. She is very excited about nacho fries. Nacho fries are a Super Bowl thing? Well, they always run the commercial during the Super Bowl, don't they? For nacho fries? Yeah, I guess I I hadn't... I had forgotten about that, but I just... I don't know why they keep taking them away and bringing them back. This is why you and I have long said there needs to be a restaurant. Yeah, we have a a restaurant concept called Limited Time where we just go to these places and say, cool, when you're not doing the McRib McDonald's, we'd like to have it at our place. Yeah, it's a good concept, too, because our restaurant concept involves every other restaurant's food. (laughs) Well, you know what we'll do? We'll make our version of it and try to make it as close as we can without officially calling it a McRib. Okay. And then and then we'll say, hey, when you can't get the real thing, we got the next best thing. We'll do some version of nacho fries with put a little spice on them, and sure, let's go. I don't know why that has to be. I don't know why Taco Bell can't just have that there 24-7. I love you, Taco Bell, but you got to change that. Every single time the McRib comes back, I will talk on the air about how much I enjoy the McRib, and I will inevitably get a tweet from someone saying, you know, they make that out of exercise mats. I don't care. It tastes good. You know what? At limited time, we'll advertise now with 50% more exercise mat in our rib sandwich. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, because there's these, you know, the it, that that patty, right? That's meant to look kind of like what a slab of ribs would look yeah, like. Yeah, they, they, they look. Like, this is where the bones would go. It's yes, like, yes, there were never bones there. We yes, got it. It's just a pushed-in piece of pork, right? It's just pressed into that shape. But I know when I was a kid, I can't remember if it was what company made it, Tyson or Banquet or someone like that made. Basically those, but without all the stuff on it, just just plain, and you could cook them at home. And I remember getting them and thinking this looks a lot like a McRib, minus all the we didn't. My mom didn't put it on a bun or anything, but I put barbecue sauce with it and used to eat them. I wish I could find those again because that's I, I'm almost convinced that's pretty much what McDonald's is using for that. But hey, whatever. I don't care what it's made out of either. It tastes great. NHL All Star Game over the weekend. Warinsky won the uh, fountain thing. Yay! The Metro won the game. Yay. So, all right. If you enjoyed it, I did, I did flip it on. I, look, all-star games are not my thing. All right? I don't like half-speed stuff. It was That's what it was to me, a bunch of guys going half-speed. Then I turned on the Pro Bowl, <laughs> and I yearned. I yearned for the physicality and high-speed uh, action of the NHL all-star game. That Pro Bowl was something else, man. I say all, every single year that I don't watch, and it's stupid, and I don't, but I did flip it on. Flip! I did flip it on, and it was... Why even put pads on? Why are you even out there at this point? I I I don't know what the point of the Pro Bowl is Uh, at this point. Would anybody? I mean, we have the All Pro teams. We know that the All Pro team means oh, you really did something, right? If you if you make the Pro Bowl first ballot, you know, like if you if you're first choice, whatever ballot, who cares? First ballot, but if you're like the first person called up, then I guess that's a little more impressive, but. All I know is if you tell me someone made the all-pro team, then I'm like, wow, that's pretty great. If you tell me someone made the Pro Bowl, it still means you had a good year, not as good of a year. I don't need to see the game. I don't care about it. And quite honestly, I didn't watch a second of it last night, despite the fact that I do this for a living. It just wasn't even something that I was interested in watching because 
I I don't have a desire to watch football that's not even close to being played at full speed. Now, I'll watch the NBA All-Star game because LeBron's going to shoot from 40 feet away and probably drain it, right? Guys are going to pull out dunks I've never seen before. That's isn't that and that's what the NHL All-Star game has the potential to be, and that's why that's slightly more interesting is cuz guys will pull stuff out of their bag and try it. I don't Really need that. The the Pro Bowl, I don't need it in the Pro Bowl because I don't watch the NFL to see someone getting mossed. Like, that naturally happens in games. But there's not a whole lot you can pull out of your bag other than smacking somebody and tackling them really hard, and they're not going to do that in the Pro Bowl. No, it was, so. it was a new level. It was a new level of sleepiness where you had, I forget what it was. I think it was a Kyler Murray pick, and whoever picked it off is running it back in for a touchdown. You have guys like running to the general vicinity, that too, and then just sort of stopping and saying, okay, let's just, let's pretend you run it into the end zone, that's fine. I hate to be this guy, but Spielman would tell the story. We're back when Chris Spielman was playing in the Pro Bowl, he was with the Lions on the NFC roster, and he's on the sidelines during the Pro Bowl. Barry Switzer, who was then the Cowboys head coach, was the coach of the NFC team. And Switzer is on the sideline during the Pro Bowl eating a hot dog. And Spielman goes right up to him and starts screaming at him for eating a hot dog and disrespecting the Pro Bowl. All right? Switzer just looks at him and finishes his hot dog, which to me is the best part of the story. Yes. But I found myself watching this highlight last night saying, have I turned into Chris Spielman where I, I turn on this Pro Bowl and I'm disgusted? I hope for his sake, for his own sanity, what's ever left of it, Chris Spielman did not flip on that Pro Bowl yesterday. Well, because he's in the hospital today. I don't I don't even think I don't even think you watch if you're someone like him who cares that much about the game. But you know, I have always in that story been on the side of Barry Switzer because why should you take this no one should take it seriously. I understand it's a football game, right? But I am simultaneously saying the game would be better if everyone hit each other like it was a real football game and also acknowledging I would not want to see anyone get injured in that game, which is completely pointless. You know, like I think they're right to go have a goofy time and just kind of play this half-assed version of football because none of these guys want to be responsible for taking a year off someone's career for this dumb game. I, I don't blame them at all for going half speed. I'm just saying the game to me is worthless because of that, and I don't watch it, and I don't need it. I'm not saying if you do enjoy it, you're a bad person. Good for you. I'm glad you enjoy it. For me, I I, I'm, I have very limited time as a dad of three kids trying to find good things to watch on sports. I can't waste time on stuff like that because it's just not, it's not for me. All right, Hugh Jackson is still talking about things that only make sense to him. We'll discuss coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for slowdowns on I-71 northbound at Hudson Street. A disabled vehicle still causing delays on the ramp from Hudson. Traffic is backed up to 17th Avenue in this area. Police remain on scene. Please be very careful over here. In the meantime, this traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get real about flavor and freshness at your local Fresh Time Market. This week, save on a three-pound bag of California navel oranges just at $1.99 now through February 8th. Fresh Time Market. Get real. Only an array with fan traffic. 
podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the care creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. The number one show in the world, according to the Panama TED Internet Research Group. That doesn't make sense. This is Man and Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports here on The Fan. So Hugh Jackson, former Browns head coach, was speaking to CNN. This is on uh, Friday. He told CNN he wasn't paid to lose games, but had evidence to back his claims that ownership and the Browns executives intended to lose games here's a quote from hugh i told jimmy that what he was doing was very destructive to not do this because it's going to hurt my career and every other coach that work with me and every player on the team and i told him that it would hurt every black coach that would follow me and i have the documents to prove this when pressed why he hasn't disclosed that evidence jackson said quote those things will come to light at the right time end quote Okay. Okay. I, mean, I, I let me be clear. I wanted to believe. Well, I didn't want to believe. I don't want to believe any of this goes on, right? I don't want to believe that coach or owners are telling coaches to tank on purpose, like the way Stephen Ross is alleged to have told Brian Flores to lose games week by having, week. Having an organizational plan to get better. And going to your coach saying, hey, you lose this game on Sunday, I give you $100,000. Those are not the same things. No, they're not. And I look, I don't doubt that Hugh Jackson has experienced racism as a black man in America and as a guy working in the NFL. I'm sure he's seen it. I'm sure he's experienced it. This thing that he's trying, Hugh almost feels like he's trying to take this ages old beef he has had with the Browns which is you didn't give me enough talent you made me the fall guy for how bad this team was going to be and that's not fair to me and he's now kind of trying to wedge that in with what Brian Flores seems to be bringing to light which and Brian Flores should want none of this well right that's what that's what I'm saying right like Hugh's not helping his cause he's definitely not helping Brian Flores's cause and I'm not saying he's wrong for seeing some similarities but you got to understand the major differences there when when we're talking about losing on purpose and what's acceptable and what's not everyone is cool with you losing enough to get draft picks by just putting a team out there that's not very good they are not okay with you looking at a fourth and one that you can get and going ooh i've got 100 grand online if we lose this let's punt you know and then everyone's like you're on your you're on their 37 you got it. You could kick a field goal. No, like that would be different. And that is what we are discussing with the Brian Flores situation in part. That's where Hughes just not on the same page. Hughes always had this desire to control the narrative, whether it's through his sources in the media, trying to get his information out there or this situation here. Look, I, I am no fan of Jimmy Haslam and you're a Browns fan, but you really are no fan of no. Jimmy Haslam. But if you wanted the ultimate proof that Jimmy Haslam was not interfering with what was going on on Sundays during the game. Terod Taylor was allowed to be the starting quarterback for this team. Was that Jimmy Haslam's call? Or was that Hugh Jackson's call? 
We know right. the answer there. That yeah, was, of course we do. That was Hugh saying, Terod Taylor gives me the best chance to win today. The organizational outlook would be, we just spent the number one pick on Baker Mayfield, and we're not very good. He should be playing from week one. Instead, that's not what happened. So if Hugh wants to try and tell us he had no control over the situation, I call BS. Well, and also, right, let's remember when Hugh was, was that at trying to remember what it was pro bowl or something no it couldn't have been pro bowl oh it was they, they were trying to trade up to get like aj mccarron remember that yeah because that was like his guy and he had a hot, big belief in aj mccarron and that 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 whole situation was something that was on hugh's desk that's not on jimmy has himself now that obviously didn't work out but I don't think A.J. McCarron would have like been the salvation of the Browns if he showed up, obviously, given the rest of what his career has been. So th- that also shows that Hugh Jackson has had some uh, poor decisions that he's made. I don't doubt that some of that record, whatever, what was it, 3-32 and 32, or 332-1 and one or whatever it was, something like that, that's not all. Hugh Jackson's probably not that bad of a coach. But let's say he's like a 500 coach, right? Is that... That would be a lot better. That would be a lot more tolerable. And I get that he's frustrated that his record doesn't look like that. But you do have to take some responsibility for a lot of the decisions that were made. And I feel like Hugh is really not trying to do that. What is happening at Michigan right now is the worst case scenario for them, isn't it? I mean, I'm reading this story. I saw that Josh Gaddis was leaving to go take the offensive coordinator job at Miami. And that on the surface would be terrible because to me that's not even a lateral move at this point you are coming off of your best season at michigan people are talking about you as a potential head coach candidate and you leave that job to go to miami that on the surface is bad enough and then you see some of these comments from josh gaddis as he's leaving michigan he said i sacrificed so much personally to stand in the fight with each of you which i would never take back Unfortunately, the past few weeks have told a different story to me about the, ver- about the very little appreciation I have here from the administration. In life, I would never advise anyone to be where they're not wanted, and I owe that to my family and my integrity to hold myself to this standard. This is, it, they'd be better off if Jim Harbaugh left, because what's in his wake now, coming back with his defensive coordinator who has left to go coach with John in the NFL, you have your offensive coordinator who has now left, and he said that, that he was disrespected in the process at Michigan. I assume a lot of that, too, is pointed at Jim Harbaugh. Where does this program go from here? I, I don't really know, but they have thrown in with a guy who had no problem leaving them hanging out to dry for a month to try to figure out what he was going to do. And then when his opportunities dried up, he came back, not hat in hand, he came back with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And if there was any doubt, by the way, that he was going to take one of these NFL jobs, if offered to him, this confirmed it, didn't it? Where oh, it, sure. it, it sounds like he told Josh Gaddis, hey man, I'm gone. You do what you have to do. See you later. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's It's... It's bizarre to me with Harbaugh because when he came back and instantly started talking to reporters, remember he sat down with Mitch Album, who we talked about. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, what is is the reporter's name? Uh, Angelique Shang, Changeli, yes. Who she said I got a text from him, you know, because I had said I want an interview prior to him 
making this decision, and he said, do that interview anytime you want with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And it's like, <laughs> I read all this as like, here comes Jim Harbaugh deflecting. Everyone should be saying, dude, you screwed our program. This sucks. Michigan is an afterthought for you. And now we're all supposed to do backflips that you're coming back. I wouldn't blame writers for saying, this is pretty bad, Jim Harbaugh, and here's why we don't like it. Instead, what you have from Harbaugh is him coming back and getting everybody to feel good about themselves because he's so enthusiastic. Man, look how crazy he is for this program. And he's taking the attention off the fact that he just has pretty much set this program back another couple of years. Could they win a bunch of games next year and be pretty good? Sure. But you're trying to take this program from what you did this year, which should not be your high watermark, Michigan. You're trying to get over that next level of just being good enough to make the playoffs, which is a big accomplishment to getting to national championship contenders every single year. And even though they made the playoffs, do they really look to you, Mike, like they were a national championship contender? No. You saw how that game went. And that's that's their best shot they've put together in a decade or more. So I don't know how then you can look at this and say anything other than he set the program back a few years, at least, with all this that he did in the last month. No, the bad press is, is terrible. And even if he had his mind set on this Vikings job, I, I don't understand why you don't cover your ass in that situation. When the Vikings call and say, hey, we need you here on Wednesday for an interview, why don't you say, if you think you have so much power over the situation, you know what, I can do it on Tuesday, I can do it on Thursday, but Wednesday it's signing day, I have to be here. You and I both know we're pr- I'm probably not going to be here much longer, but I have to be here on Wednesday. Instead, he didn't care anything about that. He didn't care anything about that. He didn't care anything about holding his coaches or hanging his coaches out to dry. Nothing. And it's, who are you more disappointed in right now if you're a Michigan fan? Jim Harbaugh for this entire thing, or a guy like Ward Manuel who just sort of lays down and does, lets Harbaugh do whatever he wants to him, if you're a Michigan fan. Well, true enough, right? I mean, I, I think that's... Have some pride, man. Have some pride in the program. Those are two different problems, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, do, I don't know, man. I, I, I see Michigan right now. I'm trying to look at this objectively and not just as a Buckeye fan who wants to laugh at it all because... That's what I am doing, is laughing at all there of is, this. There is nothing but tragedy to this, if you're a Michigan fan. There is no way you can look at this Josh Gaddis exit and spin it any other way other than disaster. This is a disaster. Yeah, you're right. It is. And, and I don't know how they fix that other than they basically hold their nose and hope Harbaugh can luck them into 10 wins and beating Ohio State. All right. If they do that, then they can accelerate their timeline but do you think that's likely because no. i don't and if it, and if it is like if it does happen then we have some questions to answer well because <laughs> then that's the whole we changed the defense we yeah. brought in new guys then we everything. have some more questions to absolutely answer. right mike tarico's broadcasting miracle isn't as spectacular as first plan details next common man and t-bone on the fan Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find that earlier disabled vehicle is cleared from I-71 northbound at Hudson. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual backups. You'll also find slowdowns on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. That's going to be a five-minute delay. Stoffing Report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is giving up millions in prize money, and best of all, it's free to enter. It's the largest game of Super Bowl squares ever from America's largest mortgage lender. Enter for free at Rocket Mortgage Square. Com. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. 
Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Getting fatter and angrier by the minute. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up at 534. Mike Tarico. He is the media darling. He is the best broadcaster in the history of the world, according to some people. He is the uh, host of the Olympic coverage on NBC. Those people are are not you and me. We are not fans of his, but a lot of people think he's great. I know. I understand. Whatever. And I look. I I, I'm fully aware that most people don't think like me. So, if you enjoy Mike Tirico, enjoy him. That made a lot of sense. If you enjoy Mike Tirico, enjoy him. Well, you're from just saying, the common man. I'm not going to yell at you for it, I guess. Or do you will? I don't care. I don't know. Who cares? He's just Whatever. a common man. Anyway, sure. so the original plan was, you know, Mike Tirico was going to stay in Beijing through Thursday. And then he was going to fly to Los Angeles where he was going to do Super Bowl stuff. And then he was going to fly right back to China right after the Super Bowl was over. And you and I saw that and said, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And I guess it doesn't because they've changed it. So his final show from Beijing will be tonight. He will then fly from China to NBC's headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut to host Wednesday and Thursday shows before flying to Los Angeles on Friday to anchor more Olympic coverage and Super Bowl coverage through Sunday, which... They've changed this, but they've actually even made it more dumb because instead of just going to Los Angeles and saying, all right, I'm going to anchor Olympic stuff in Los Angeles now, he's flying from China to Connecticut to do two shows, then fly to Los Angeles to do more Olympic shows and Super Bowl shows, and then I guess he won't be going back to China. He'll be going back to Connecticut to do more Olympic shows. All right. Yeah, well... Uh, two thoughts. One, I guess it's tough for NBC to find studio space in Los Angeles. Yes, very tough. The, the, the literally where Hollywood is located, they cannot find a soundstage to go like put him on for a few days to to do the Olympic coverage. I guess, but you know, the other thing is all the people who wrote about this when it first happened. It was announced Mike Tirico is going to do this tremendous feat. Oh my goodness, look at what he's going to do. You have to actually do it to get credit for it. And while I thought it was a dumb idea, can we just stop writing these media fluff pieces about how difficult broadcasters' jobs are? Yeah, it is difficult to do anchoring the Olympics. You know who doesn't care? Everyone who's watching the Olympics does not and should not, frankly, care. They pay Mike Tirico a lot of money to do that difficult job. And I'm not denying it's difficult. Doing this little bit of the business that we do, I know it's got to be tough, but... No one wants to hear that, and I don't know why all these people in the media think it's an interesting story. Anyway, if you're a big Mike Tirico fan, his schedule has changed, just so you know. Okay. Uh, The Cavs have acquired Karis LeVert from the Pacers. I've seen some people saying that the Cavs are going all in now 
They're a game and a half out of uh, first place in the East behind the Bulls. Bone, you would know more than me. Give me your thoughts on this trade. Oh, yeah. Karis LeVert, uh, tremendous player. I He's been averaging about 20 a game for the Pacers on a team that's going nowhere. They're clearing salary. They're trying to dump everything they can and trying to get guys out of there. He he is going to be one of these guys for the Cavs. When you watch this team, one of the things they could use a little bit more of, as good as they've been, is guys who can get to the rim. And he does that. He is excellent at that. He's obviously a very versatile scorer. If you've watched the NBA, if you watched him in college, like so, I'm 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 happy for him, Columbus dude. I hope that uh, he can now come back and play in Ohio. Finally, get to have him instead of playing for the team up north. Now you can have him. You can root for him if you're a Cavs fan. You feel good about that. But yeah, they, they gave up uh, Ricky Rubio's expiring contract and some draft picks, but lottery protected, which won't matter because they're not going to be in the lottery. But yeah, they gave up a few picks. Picks? But this is the type of move, if you're the Cavs, that you make. I mean, you're one of the best teams in the East right now through the, you know, almost to the All Star. I know break. they are on paper, but. You know, are they? Because I've heard some people say, well, you know, the, the Bulls are the best team in the East, but they're really not. You know, when playoff time well, comes around. Right. When you look at this move, do you say, yes, now the Cavs are real contenders? Um, I say they're real contenders to make a deep run. It's, you know, it, these type of seven-game series that you play in, you know, hockey and in basketball, they're really difficult to fake your way into. No, and I'm not... I'm not trying to rip what the Bengals are doing. Do you think the Bengals are the most complete team in the NFL? No, but they can win the Super Bowl. Right. The Giants were not the most complete team in the NFL when they won it with Eli the first go around when they were what ten and six getting in. You can do that in games where you just have to win three or four one offs and you're suddenly the champion. You can't fake that as much. Even a team last year like the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They they were very good. They were a little early. I could see the Cavs making that type of run, getting to like an Eastern Conference Finals with a good young team. Evan Mobley's a rookie, Mike. I mean, if they get to the Finals in his rookie year, Eastern Conference Finals or actual NBA Finals, that's a huge win. You're way ahead of schedule with what you were doing. Free agents will want to come there and play, and you'll have to figure your roster out a little bit, make some adjustments, but... This this move for Karis LeVert is not bad at all. He's got a contract coming due soon where they're going to have to someone's going to have to pay him. So they're bringing him in and saying, "Let's see what we can get this year with a really talented roster." Him and Jared Allen uh, a couple years ago, they were playing with the Nets. They got traded in the James Harden deal. They were two of the best players on the Nets, and I loved watching that team play. It was sad when they broke it up to bring in uh, James Harden, but. Now they get to reunite those two on this Cavs team. I think those are two of the best pieces that were given up when all that happened with James Harden. So, yes, uh, Cavs fans, I don't know how I can say this any clearer. Excellent move. Fantastic move. Way to go. Love it. Tone Deaf Ohio State needs your help. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for ramp restrictions. A crash involving a semi and the ramp from 270 northbound at West Broad Street. Please be very careful as things continue to clear in this area and plan on some heavy backups here as well. Stripping report is sponsored by Audible. Make this the winter of you with Audible. Listen to the best of what you love from comedy to wellness to the latest bestsellers. Find it all at Audible with audiobooks, exclusive originals, and popular podcasts. Start listening free when you sign up at audible.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. 
podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the care creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Barely famous, incredibly stupid. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Monday. So glad you've tuned in. Three hours a day, every single day. Do it. Or rot in fiery hell for all of eternity. That's your choice. Right. So Ohio State, I saw Ohio State Athletics on Twitter tweet this out. Coming soon. The new Ohio Stadium field turf design inspired by you, the best fans in the land. And they gave you a bunch of potential looks for the new field over uh-huh. at the shoe. Uh, some of these are so gaudy that if it happens, I'm going to just drink poison and end it. That's how gaudy <laughs> some well, of these looks there, are. There's, there's no way it's actually going to no, occur. No, I, I understand that. But just putting them out there and letting them know that this is one of the looks in contention aggravates me. Well, you saw there was one that had like swoops going like from, I don't know, say the 50-yard line to the middle of the end zone. Yeah. And it's like a silver, you know, gray kind of swooshy thing. And it goes on each side of the field. And I know that's hard to describe on the radio, but... Like, if that design was done, half the field would not even feature the green where the grass would normally... Like, that's there's no way they're going to do that for Ohio Stadium. No, like, it's stupid. And here's why I say that they're tone deaf. And maybe it's I'm the only one who cares. And actually, I know you care, too. All you need to do... You want to talk about the ultimate design that's going to get dummies like me and you excited? Is if Ohio State comes out and simply tweets, We are putting in grass. Period. Oh. End you, of tweet. You send out a video of like some interns or whoever, field turf people ripping out the old turf and just a backhoe with dirt coming in and laying that down. And then you see some, you know, rolls of sod being brought out oh. that are actual real grass. You tell, man, you, you revamped this defensive coaching staff, which is, you know, number one, what you needed to do. But then you piggyback off of that by saying, oh, and by the way, we're putting in real grass next year. Go Bucks!" I'll tell you, man. I'm not a season ticket holder, but I would become one just to tell you how much I love it. <laughs> I, between this and whatever, well, there's three things now that really annoy me about Ohio Stadium in general. And it's not nothing to do with the actual stadium because I revere the old place. I love it. And I hope it stays for another hundred years, right? But... I don't like the fact that it's not natural turf. That annoys me. It has annoyed me for a long time. Uh, the fact that Gene is saying we can't be sure about hosting, you know, home site playoff games if they expand the college football playoffs because we don't have it winterized. Our stadiums can't hold up. How is that place not able to? You, you can play games in the snow. We've seen it. It'll happen. Like your your stadium's fine. But the third thing that annoys me like crazy is how they are hesitant, apparently, because everything you read from the NHL and from the Jackets is, it's Ohio State, they don't want to do it. Why do you not want a Winter Classic here? Oh, I don't I don't know. Why do you not want to put that in that stadium? It'd be one of the best venues they've ever had for one of those. The whole city would come out, and the whole state would come out for that. Are you kidding? Like, it would be ridiculous atmosphere. 
and highlight again just how awesome Ohio Stadium is, and they want no part of any of it. Why? I just, is it? Be- I don't know. Is it because of that stupid plumbing that Gene is talking about? I don't. I don't know, man. I really don't understand it. How because- is it possible that you have major league soccer stadiums that can play a game, capacity crowd? You know their capacity. I understand that it's not a hundred thousand people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still capacity for them. They can play a game in sub-zero temperatures with no problems, but Ohio Stadium can't do any of that. Well, right. My, it's not. I know the their argument would be, well, they don't have a 100-plus-year-old stadium to deal with. And it's like, right, you don't either. This whole place has been remodeled like 17 times, yes. including very recently you've added and done new things to it. So when you do that next time, get it all prepped and winterized. I'm sure that costs millions of dollars, but I just don't understand the hesitancy from Ohio State to have this game. Please. If someone over there would like to explain it to me so I can just shut up about it, I'd love to know why it is that they are so freaked out about having the Winter Classic here. Did you see Bettman over the weekend touting that they're going to have it again at Fenway? Ooh, yay. Like, you've already done that, man. We haven't, the Jackets have not even played in a Winter Classic, let alone hosted one. And you're already like, let's go back to Fenway. Let's go to some other places we've been to. Why? Why can't you get something done here in Columbus? And you know what? If Ohio Stadium doesn't want it, then go. you'll see some of the most expensive tickets ever for a, a winter classic. Put it at the new Crew Stadium. Put it at lower.com field. Well, they're not going to do that. But I don't know why. I, yeah, it it yes. hosts the same amount of people as you can get actually at Nationwide. What's the? It's not like you're going to lose money on that game. What are we talking about? Like It'll be expensive to get in, but you could eat. You, you can make it a cool atmosphere and have it here. I don't know why. If Ohio State doesn't want to do it, then do it at that place. Well, I, yes, of course. My first preference would be um, an outdoor game at Ohio Stadium. And I admit that even though the capacity wouldn't be what they wanted, an outdoor game at Lower.com Field would be cool, too. But even if all that's off the table, why haven't they even done one up at First Energy up in Cleveland? Well, that's Jackets right. Jackets talking about wanting to increase their fan base up there. You'd sell tickets up there. I have. I, I, and I, again, I don't think it's as much as I like to give the Jackets front office crap for a lot of things. I have to believe they have told Gary Bettman. And if they haven't, shame on them. We are willing to play this game. We will go play at someone else's thing. Invite us into that. We will gladly go up to Cleveland or Cincinnati. You pick. We'll do it at one of those places and have the game there. It gets plenty cold. Last I checked at all those places. I, I, Ohio State how should cold not. It gets. They got. They have this game in Los I know. Angeles. <laughs> I know. It's just. I don't understand why that isn't done, why it isn't a priority. Or I'm sure. Again, I hope it is for the Jackets. I'm sure it is for the Jackets. I don't understand why the NHL can look at their respective teams out there and not say, oh, we've never done one of these for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We want to grow that market. We want to continue to make it. And uh, Columbus is already a great market for hockey, but I'm sure in the Toronto adult brains that those you know people live in sometimes, they think, oh, these smaller markets, they're not very good. Well, come here and find out. Put a game somewhere in the state of Ohio. If it can't be Ohio Stadium, put it somewhere. And let's see how great it is. I bet you it will surpass your expectations. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I, I've I've heard people tell me that for years. It's like, oh, how many people would actually show up if they had a game there? All of them. All of them. You'd have 100,000 people be, there. Every seat would be filled. And, and, it and, would you, be... and you wouldn't need the Red Wing fans to come down and no. fill the seats for you. You know what it would be, man? 
it's like, and, and again, this is not possible because the width of the stadium is not big enough. But if Ohio Stadium was awarded a World Cup game, it it would be an event that would sell out without even marketing it outside of 614. Now, it, you would get people from outside of 614 to come to it, but if you said there's a World Cup game coming to Ohio Stadium, soccer fans, non-soccer fans, people just show up because it's a huge event. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to go see. And same thing for this. If they did it at Ohio Stadium, you'll have no problem selling tickets there, up in Cleveland. Name your place. You will fill whatever stadium you put it in but the Jackets have to be given that chance. I don't know why they are not given that chance. All right. In August, a T206 Honus Wagner, or as you like to call him, Honas. No, I didn't say that. Honus. No, it's Honus. That's right. I didn't say that either. I think that was Tim. Honus. What me? How you doing there from Boston? Uh, Honus Wagner. Put a Honus on a horse. Anyway, right, a Honus Wagner baseball card set the stratospheric record for the most expensive sports card of all time when it sold for $6.606 million with Robert Edward Auctions. Yes, the former Patriots running back. Is it Robert Edward? Is I that, don't remember. Is he on the Patriots? Uh, you got me. I think so. Okay. Uh, the mythology of the T206 Wagner is the most storied in sports card collecting which might explain one of the more eye-catching, head-scratching sales in recent memory. This past weekend, SCP Auctions announced they'd finalized a sale of a T206 Hannes Wagner card for only $475,960, including a buyer's premium. Well, I just told you one sold for 6.6 mil, so what the hell's going on? Mm. Well, the catch is the card was torn in half. Wagner's oh. left jaw is missing, as is most of his torso. This sounds like an episode of CSI, where they're trying to identify the body. <laughs> With the card receiving only a genuine categorization from PSA. Oh, you said that wrong. It's genuine. 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 Right. Thank you. The card grading giant stipulates that Wagner is real, but nothing more. Still, <laughs> it's worth almost a half million dollars. So you have this mauled baseball card. Where the jaw is missing, part of the torso is missing. Even that, you can sell at auction for more than most people buy their house for. Right. I mean, this is one of those documents that for a, I would assume, if you're a card collector or a hardcore baseball fan or just someone who loves history, I guess, even having a piece of it. Like if someone said, I've got a piece of the original Declaration of Independence, there is just... There's, we didn't know there was one other document that was written at the same time, and it, it, it was ripped in half, and we have one of those pieces. If that could be auctioned, that would be worth millions of dollars, even though it's not complete because it's just so rare. But it is, it is still tough to wrap my brain around paying that amount of money for a card. For well, here's a another one paper. for you. I got another one for you. There was another card that sold this weekend. All right. Yeah. Uh, it sold for $474,000. It is a 2020 Bowman Chrome Prospects Autographs Super Fractor. I don't know what the hell that means. Jason Dominguez card. It sold for $474,000. Bone, do you know who Jason Dominguez is? I only know because I've seen this story. But okay. no, I would not have known before. Jason Dominguez, it's his birthday today. He's 19 years old today, and he's never played above Class A ball in the Yankees organization. I, and one of his cards sold for $474,000! Uh, 
that there's speculation and then there is just insanity. Get the right? hell I mean, out of here. I can understand someone says, I'm gonna buy a few of these rookie cards these again, this is of a this is a prospects card. If you don't like follow the sports card world, there th- this likely doesn't feature him in any type of Yankees uniform. This is just him probably wearing like either a whatever high school, I guess, you know, high school uniform or maybe his the minor league team he's playing for. That's it. And and yeah, he has never even sniffed the big leagues yet. He may do that in a few years if he's so good. Sounds like he's a pretty talented guy, but I could see if someone crazy enough to say, I'll spend $5,000, buy five of those, get them in mint condition, save them, and then maybe if he becomes the next Mike yeah, Trout. There's, there's not five of them. There's just one of them. There's one of them. One of one. Right. It's one of one, And but $400,000. $474,000. I can't. That I can't wrap my brain around. I think that's about as rich as it's going to get. I can't imagine that thing being worth more than that. Gary Bettman displayed new levels of stupid this weekend. I'll tell you why coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find that earlier ramp has cleared on 270 northbound at West Broad Street. That accident has cleared and the ramp has reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual backups over here, about a 10 to 15 minute delay. Striving Ford is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help the customer stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Like a sports drink, but for that part of you that's thirsty for fart jokes. Back to Man and Bone. Hello. Bone, give me a number. Uh, Let's go with five. Call number five right now. 614-821-9710 gets a $50 Taco Bell gift card because Reaction Monday is brought to you by Taco Bell. NHL All-Star Game over the weekend in Vegas. Of course, the commissioner, Gary Bettman, was there talking about all sorts of things that concern the league. And one of the topic of conversation was uh, the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes pretty much have no place to play because their arena in Glendale is kicking them out. And they have no place else to go. They've been horrible tenants. They've demanded a bunch of things that that arena says, you don't justify the cost, so no, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, Terrible franchise, and they are negotiating a multi-year deal to play at Arizona State's still unfinished hockey arena. Okay? Mm. Um, let's, Let's put this on for size. They're going to play at Arizona State where it's still unfinished, and the capacity, when finished, will be 5,000 seats. <sighs> this is an NHL franchise that's about to sign a multi-year agreement to play in a 5,000-seat venue. You would think the commissioner of the league would be none too happy with this. And maybe privately he is, who the hell knows, but publicly, man, he put a rosy spin on this. Here's what he had to say. 
He said, this will tell you why they need a new arena. We're not sure there's going to be a material difference between their revenues at ASU and in Glendale. In fact, under one projection that we've done, we think they may do better. Well, if that's the case, if you have an NHL team that you think may actually do better in a 5,000-seat arena on a college campus than playing in a, you know, professional arena, then you don't deserve to have a franchise in that market. I'm sorry. That's embarrassing. What really annoys me about that is, and maybe I am projecting a little bit here, but bear with me. Do you think there is a chance in hell if Ohio State said, we're opening up a hockey-specific arena, you know, ice rink, and we're going to make it five, 6,000 seats, you know, and it's going to be a really cool college hockey atmosphere. But number one, I think the Ohio State hockey team could probably do better than that most nights. But let's just say that was the case. And then the Jackets had a similar situation, said, but don't worry, we're just going to play at Ohio State's arena. Don't you think everywhere would be calling for them to be moved? Don't you think Gary Bettman would be outwardly threatening that? I mean, I'm not saying that this team should be moved. I am saying... It's, I don't think that happens for every market. I think they are, for whatever reason, dead set invested that Phoenix has to work because you have to have hockey in warm weather cities and it has to work in those warm weather cities. Never mind the fact Phoenix just doesn't seem to have the appetite for it. But if that were happening here, I could see lots of people writing stories about, yeah, Columbus was a bad idea from the get-go and they never should have done it. And, and I just don't feel like that same energy is there for Arizona right now. If you have to make your case... And I've, I've seen this in Major League Baseball. The, the Tampa Bay Rays have talked about this too, where it's, we can only be successful if we are in this specific location, but not even the city. We need to be on this block. There needs to be an entertainment district all around us and 19 Applebee's on the corner. That is the only way we can be successful in this market. Build it for us. My response is, well, then you're not going to be successful. If the Arizona Coyotes are saying, well, we need to be in this spot because this is where all our fans are, according to the research, and if we're not in this spot, we can't exist. Well, then you shouldn't have a team in that market. I'm sorry. And I know that you're delicate to this bone because, you know, the crew almost were ripped out of here and they weren't. And you don't like to see teams ripped out of markets. And by and large, I don't either. But it's not going to work there. Well, if there's some evidence that points to it working, please point to it, right? I mean... That was the problem with crew fans was we were saying, other than when we had this really dumb owner, the team has done really well with attendance. Maybe I'm missing it. Have the Yotes been a team that had really good attendance in their history? Other than when they first started out, I'm sure they were good. I'd have to look at it. Yeah, well, that's my point is maybe we're misremembering how this goes, but I tend to remember it being that it's it's kind of been a struggle to get people there. Always. You know, and, and I don't, I don't know. It, it does. I'll say this. It sucks for the actual fans, the diehard fans, the real fans who care about that team because you have billionaire owners fighting with local government, and that usually doesn't work out very well for anybody involved that actually cares about the team. But I don't get the sense that the ownership of the team actually really cares about the on-ice product, and I don't get the sense that that city, as far as from a government standpoint, cares about keeping that team. Can so. you imagine going to see an NHL product? and walking into an arena that seats 5,000. Can you imagine that? I remember back in 1995, back in 1995, I went to see a WWF show at the time. Business was so bad in 1995, they were running a high school gym in Indiana. 
and I went there to see it. Oh, wow. And you've got like the Undertaker walking through the cafeteria to get to the <laughs> ring. That's what this reminds me of. An NHL team playing in a 5,000-seat stadium is WWF 1995 from a high school. Well, both things can be true, right? I could look at that as a fan and say, what a great way to see hockey up close, to watch an NHL product up close. I'd love it if I lived out there and wasn't really like a Coyotes fan. I would say, sure, I'm, I'm excited to go watch whoever's coming to town and see them play because I'll never sit this close probably at most NHL games. That'd be great to see it. It'd be unique. It'd be weird. You can have that thought right next to the one that says, but this is horrible. This is a terrible look for the NHL, and this is a terrible look for this franchise. And yeah, it, it's not good for anybody involved other than the fans who get to watch games in a more intimate setting. But that's not the name of the game. They, if they cared about that, they'd build lots of stadiums like this. Well, I, I know. They and don't. They, for they years, care about the corporate side. Yes. For years, you've had, you know, big time hockey fans. I. I know that like St. John's and the Maritime Provinces out there and Hamilton's been talking about a team forever saying we're a big time NHL market. Come here. You know, we love hockey. Come here. And the league would look at him and say, you're too small. You're not right. you're not big time enough for us. Now, excuse me. We got to go to Arizona and play in front of forty eight hundred people. What well, are we talking right. about? What's going to be more embarrassing is when they play games, if they do, in that arena, or when they don't sell it out every Yeah, game. no kidding. I mean, that's going to be embarrassing, too, when they are not even in the sellout percentages that you see for the league. They're not even going to be hitting 100% on that. That's that's going to be really frustrating. The numbers are not promising for the Olympics. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slow traffic to watch out for right now. You are going to find some delays on 71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue and southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Traffic is delayed there as well. About a five-minute backup. This traffic report is sponsored by Rumpke Waste and Recycling. New year, new career. Rumpke Waste and Recycling is now hiring new and seasoned CDL drivers age 19 and up. Family owned and operated. Rumpke offers tuition reimbursement, home nightly routes, and a recession-resistant career. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Common man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Simpletons, nincompoops, ignoramuses. Just a few of the many different words that you can use to describe the hosts of this show. Also, fat. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up at 534. The Winter Olympics. It is ongoing. I watched some luge this morning. And it was uh, it was making me nervous because you had like three wipeouts this morning in oh, women yeah. in women's luge, and it was live. And, you know, when it's edited, you know you're not gonna get a lot of gruesome injuries or anything like that because they're going to take all that out but it was live and you had some pretty good wipeouts at high speeds and they were cutting away fast because they didn't know if these girls were okay 
Sure. And, yeah. you know, I know a lot of you think I'm, I'm in it for the blood and guts. I'm not because I was cringing at this. I didn't want to see it. But I appreciate the element of danger to this where, you know, well, you and I were watching the competitive walking during the Summer Olympics right, where they're, yeah. you know, just sort of sashaying and then one guy goes right into the porta potty and takes the quickest crap ever and then comes out and continues to walk with, you know, poop in his ass and then wins the gold medal. <laughs> Right, I don't, I don't know what type of risk there is there, and you wonder why you never get the call to do some of these events because you just have such a way with words. I'll tell you what, I'd get some ratings. I'd be talking yes, about. I'd, I'd have the camera right in the bathroom, looking at what the guy was doing oh, and the super boy. fast crapper. But there's not that element of danger with the Summer Olympics that exists with the Winter Olympics, and I appreciate that downhill skiing. I said, what's her name? Uh, the favorite oh, from I, America. I, I, I can't Schifrin, remember. Maria Schifrin, Maria that Shriver. Right. Yeah, Schifrin. Yeah, I know. Chevron. Yeah. Isn't it Chef, Melissa Chevron Schifrin? Oh. Melissa okay, Schifrin. Right. I think yes, so. Yes, anyway, yeah. well, you know, she had a couple, Fell. you know, falls, and she was the favorite, and, you know, that's that's big stuff when you're falling at that speed, you know? Yeah. It's a pain well, in the it, ass at worst. It can be, you know, life-changing, too. Yeah, Michaela Schiffer is who we're Michaela, thinking. Michaela, all right. That's who, yeah, that's who it was. But Thanks, Ted. Um, yeah, You're it's, welcome. Uh, it's, I, you, you need the element of danger. If you could guarantee me everyone would walk away from these things and there would be no danger to them, I'd still watch because the speed is what I find intriguing. Just yeah, speed without the element of danger, you can't have that in the world that exists. That's called physics. But I, I'm just saying I, I like how fast they like i like the competition i like how fast they go if you told me at the end like this has all been settled everyone is safe now you don't know any results or anything now watch i would still enjoy watching it because i just enjoy the skill it takes to be able to do these things but if it was like a video game where once it gets hairy you could just like quit (laughs) and there's no physical injuries i guess i don't need that part but um but no i i know what you're saying It, it is it's hair-raising to watch some of this stuff happen because you do know that element of danger exists. And I, I saw they've got cameras. I guess they've done this before, but either I'd forgotten about it or I just had never seen them. Those cameras they mount at the, like, I don't know the right way to say this, but basically at the the, the crotch end of the <laughs> luge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the crotch it's just, cam. You see, like, the little, the edge of the sled, those little hooks that come at the bottom and your feet wrap around them. That's all you see of the sled. And then you're looking right out the front. Like, that's that's the view they have, more or less, looking over their belly to see what's coming down the track. I did, they didn't have any crotch cam this morning. I saw, I saw, maybe it was just on social media, they were saying, here's what it looks like to go down the Olympic track. And it's, I don't know how they even are aware of what's happening. No, I know they, all, I know the losers are like steer right they do something of course they do something with their feet well (laughs) no i'm saying like they're steering with their feet there's a there's a skill involved on that side of it they're steering with their feet they're they're tilting their body weight you know it's all very technical i'm saying i don't know how they can even process that it's occurring i am i am amazed at the body control you have to have to be able to even do that let alone all the danger of if you fail, then it could be it. So, yeah, that's that's incredible. So, anyway, I was watching this morning. Long story long, none of you are watching, at least according to the ratings that I saw from the opening ceremony. 16 million viewers watched the uh, opening ceremonies across all the platforms. NBC, The Cock, USA Network, CNBC, NBCOlympics.com, and the NBC Sports app. They added all of that up. 
and they came to 16 million people watching the opening ceremonies. Um, that is down 43% from 2018. And 2018 in Pyeongchang was the lowest rated Winter Olympics ever. So it's down 43% from the low water mark. And people are, you know, wondering if the Olympics are over and if this is a trend. I don't know. Maybe it is because the only thing that seems to go up is NFL ratings. Maybe the Olympics have jumped the shark. Time will tell. But I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that it was the Olymp- the opening ceremonies were actually 6.30 that morning. And by the time people went home to watch it at 8 o'clock that night, they probably saw some snippets on social media. They also saw that the stadium was empty and it's, you know, China. And a lot of people have feelings about China and there are no announcers there. And it's not the pageantry that you're used to with the Olympics. That could play something into it. We were yeah. watching the, uh, the figure skating last night and Kristen loves figure skating. And she says, she's watching and she goes, when are they going to show Johnny Weir and his kimono? And I said, they're not going to show Johnny Weir because Johnny Weir is in a studio in Connecticut and they're not going to pan to Johnny Weir. She was so disappointed, it ruined the excitement for the rest of the uh, the figure skating because she couldn't see Johnny Weir. I think subliminally, people want to see Johnny Weir's kimono. People want to know that the announcers are there. They know that they're not. People want to see full venues with people cheering and going crazy. They're not seeing any of those things. Well, so, yes, while this may be a trend that the ratings go down in the Olympics, I think this year is extra weird. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, though, the the time difference and the fact that NBC doesn't really commit to a strategy on it where I understand, right? They want to have prime time allocation for some of the best stuff, right? So that's why the figure skating was on last night. I'm guessing what you were watching was not live, right? Uh, Some of it was. Okay. Some some of of it was. was. Okay. But that's, see, there you go. This is my big problem is every time we go to sit down and watch the Olympics, I feel like I have to pull out my phone and Google but then I don't want to Google the wrong thing and get the result. Like right. I need to, like I'm trying to figure out when I sit down is what I'm watching. Is there something live that's interesting? Oh yeah, that's on CNBC, but it's only on CNBC because on NBC right now we have the big event that happens 12 hours ago, but we time shifted it so you can see it now. If you were paying attention 12 hours ago, you could have watched it live. And then by the time I get to that point, I'm like, oh, let's just see what's on Netflix or something else because it's just I'm I'm there's nothing so far probably when hockey gets going more i will get more into that but i feel like that's just as big of a factor as anything else it's when i start to think do i want to watch this i don't know if what i'm watching is something that's already happened or if it's about to happen or if this is a preliminary and instead of googling it now i don't want to spoil results and so i'm just like i forget it you know or if i catch it and it looks interesting and it says live i'm in but I do have another problem with the Olympics, and I don't know what we've got to do to get this stopped, Mike. Do you watch the like short track speed skating? Yeah, have you yeah. caught that? I always think that's interesting. I think that's like a pretty I don't know. That's that's it's very athletic, it's very physical and there's an element of danger to that. Well, as but well. there's also there's also an element of speed, right? Yes. It's it's and it, yeah, it's it's like a lot of cool things. And what I need to have stop happening is all these people who say this is like roller derby on ice. I have no idea how you play roller derby. Like, 
I've watched way more of that once every four years than I've ever watched. Have you ever sat down and watched a roller derby? I never have. I don't know why they keep bringing that up. Like, this is just like the roller derby. That's that's like saying to someone who's listening to, I don't know, Spotify. It's like, this is just like a, a record player. And it's like, well, no one's listening to record players. Now. Why, why are you doing that? Like, just... Just say this is a really cool event and tell me about the event. You don't have to make that comparison. Isn't the roller derby uh, fake, too? Is it all predetermined? Good question. I have no idea. I think it is. That's I my think point. It's like professional wrestling on skates. It's They're comparing a thing that a lot of people have watched over the years, which is an Olympic sport that we've all seen now many, many times, to something that almost no one knows anything about. I don't understand that. I also need whenever there is... Not not with the pairs figure skating, although that would be helpful too. When it comes to the ice dancing, someone needs to let me know who's in a relationship, who's not. I think most of them are. Well, yeah, but then and there's there was that, the, there was the couple, there's that the American up, couple, but they broke up and they on still, the ice, and they both date yeah. other ice dancers. Right, right. What is all that like? I, I, ice dancing have, shouldn't be a thing, too. Well, well, pairs figure I, skating where they're doing flipsies and throwing each other up in the air—that's fine. Sensual ice dancing with no element of danger, I don't need it. <laughs> You're all about the element of danger. Yeah, I, I am. If, I'm more I about the skill. Dancing. No, I don't want that. That's incredibly skilled to do the ice dancing. Quilting is skilled, too. I don't want to see it on my TV. What if they said, we'll show you ice dancing, and then later we will show you how they all console each other after they lose? Look, if it was was erotic ice dancing, where I'm saying, you know, they just do it right there on all fours (laughs) on the ice. Maybe I would tune in to (laughs) see that. Does it have to be the ice? Or could, I mean, it's taking place during the winter. Does it have to be on ice to be considered a winter sport? It does. I didn't know that. I want to see frostbitten knees. That's what I want to see. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals may have a big 2022 problem. Details next. Speaking of frostbitten knees, it's traffic time. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Smooth transition. Watch out for some slowdowns on 71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue. Plan on some backups in that area. And more delays expected on 270 southbound between I-70 and West Broad Street. Traffic is slow there as well. Traffic report is sponsored by Ace Hardware West Jefferson, now hiring. Looking for a long-term career? Ace Hardware is now hiring. They're recruiting for CDL truck drivers in the West Jefferson Distribution Center. They offer great pay and benefits with a $10,000 sign-up bonus. Apply now at acehardware.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Man is angry. Bone is fat. They are both also those other things. This is Man and Bone. We were talking uh, earlier this hour about the Arizona Coyotes and how they're set to move into a college arena that seats 5,000 people. 
and how Gary Bettman is making excuses for this club. If you compare them attendance-wise to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying the Blue Jackets, over the course of their uh, history, have not been very competitive. All right, We're not talking about a huge market here. The Columbus Blue Jackets have been in existence for parts of 21 seasons. Right. And in those 21 seasons, their average attendance has fallen below 14,000 fans per game once. By comparison, the Arizona Coyotes have had 15 seasons in Arizona. Their average attendance has fallen below 14,000 fans a game 10 times. Yeah, that's that's probably more of who they are, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that's-, that's why I'm saying, you know, this isn't a knee-jerk reaction to say the Arizona Coyotes don't belong in that area because I think history has shown us that they don't. Well, and I think, isn't that probably being reflected by some of what you're seeing from the government, from the civic side of things there, where locally they're the communities that would be responsible for putting some money up to build a new stadium or to improve the existing one or whatever. I know in this case, it's the that's the city that owns the one that's kicking them out, right? Am I, Glendale. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the city of Glendale is kicking them out and saying, you're not worth it and we're not going to do the upgrades you want. Spend some money to fix it or otherwise you're not going to be here. That's kind of indicative of these are politicians, right? I mean, I'm not saying politicians get it right all the time. Far from it. But they they got to get elected. They got to stay in office. They're looking at their constituents saying, I know we can't really justify $150 million or whatever is being asked to, to be put forward from the city. You know, in other areas where that's happened, there if there's a lot of energy from the local population saying, we would like this team to stay here. Please spend some money on it. Then you see that act differently. But clearly... There is, you don't see that happening in Phoenix. You don't see the attendance to justify it. So I do think that's a little bit more of a of a situation that probably means that team's going to have to leave at some point. I um I saw this today. I want you to tell me if it's a big deal or not. I mean, obviously it's a story from 2022 because we wouldn't be having this conversation 10 years ago. But some people online are making a big deal out of the fact that Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray has stopped following the Arizona Cardinals on all social media platforms. He was, and now he's not. And most of his images are college shots, and there's a couple Pro Bowl pictures on there, but nothing that really depicts him as a Cardinals player. What do you make of this? Um, I mean, it, one way to read that is that you know, he's looking to get a contract extension. Perhaps some of those early discussions have played out. And I guess they're not going well then. They're not right? going well enough that maybe he you know, maybe he got a message from his agent saying, Yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, you you're gonna get the fifth year option and they're not gonna be adding to that at this time. And then maybe that ticked him off and he was like, Well then screw them. I'm gonna just take everything down. I don't have to keep that up. I mean, it could also be that he talked to a consultant who said Hey, for right now, given that you want a new contract, doesn't hurt to have a little buzz out there. If you delete this stuff, you don't even have to, you're not doing anything other than deleting some things off your Instagram and you will get your name on the front of ESPN.com. Maybe it is a strategy and it's more of a, a thing that he was actually thinking through. Maybe it was just something he did kind of in the heat of a moment. Maybe there's something way less to it than that. And we're just reading into it. But 
Yeah, it seems like a thing. It seems like something that should be paid attention to for right now. Let's go back to the Olympic stuff. We were talking about this last segment, how the ratings are the worst they've ever been for the Winter Olympics. And a lot of that can be, you know, excused away by saying it's China, it's a pandemic, it's weird timing, all of that stuff. There's not people in the stands, but, you know, Dick Ebersole was a guy for NBC who made his entire career on broadcasting the Olympics. And he decided that what people really wanted to see in the Olympics were not necessarily the the athletes or the games themselves, but the stories behind those people. And so he would he put together the, the package about the family and the journey and all of that stuff. And now it's the norm. People have grown up watching that type of Olympic coverage. But I think when you're in China, when you have camera shots on like a you know webcam of the the celebration, the watch party in that person's hometown, I think that limits the stories that you can tell about the Olympians because people don't know anything about 90% of these sports out there, right? They don't know anything about luge or the competitive luge circuit, but they like the stories behind the athletes. I think the way that it's being presented this year, and I understand why from a logistical standpoint, most of these family members, if any of them, aren't there, they're not able to tell those stories. And I think that's what people are are missing from all of this. Yeah, it might be that. But can I also just say maybe they've gone too far that way where, I mean, for me, I, I, I will watch this stuff and understand because you know, I'm, I'm not the guy who gets all worked up about a Tom Rinaldi piece nine times out of ten. You have, you have no emotions. You're not like me. You're not well, in touch with your sensitive side. No, I very much, I, I have plenty of emotions, but sometimes it's just the, it's the, the idea that everyone's story is super intriguing is also sometimes, I think, it, it can just be white noise, right? If they spend a long time going, this, tell you what, this person, they're from Iowa, they worked really hard. And you know what? Iowa, they don't have a luge track just right down the street. It's like, oh, you don't say. Like, I just, some of these stories are not, it's like, yeah, I know, being an Olympian is hard. Is that what we're going to spend 20 minutes of you telling me is that being an Olympian is really difficult? I think we all grasp that. So if their story is intriguing and it does have something interesting, by all means, let me know. I almost feel like some of what would be better spent to do is spend more time on how do the mechanics of these things work? What What is going on with someone who's participating in the, the biathlon or cross-country skiing? Remember they've told some of the stories about like, or, or they've given you the info on how much uh, calorie expenditure there is, yeah, like the, yeah. the the amount of energy they go through, and they just kind of breeze over that real quick and then move on. And it's that to me is stuff that I think would be more interesting. I would be much more interested in seeing what what kind of training you have to do. Like go through a day's worth of show me uh, their workout when they're preparing for the Olympics. I'd be interested in that stuff as much as I would be interested in. Did you know that they had to drive 200 miles just to try out for this? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, but what about a shot of it, them training with a CGI dinosaur right next to it, too? <laughs> what about that? I, well, you do have to throw that in there, too. Yeah, maybe it's just maybe it's just me being a little cynical. But if there's a good story, tell it. If not, let's let's actually focus on the sport and let's enjoy that. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on Greenlawn Avenue west of High Street. It is causing slowdowns in this area as they try to get things cleaned up. Plan on some backups here as well. About a 10 to 15 minute slowdown in the meantime. Stravic Report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers slowdown payments and flexible payment options to help the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. Hello. Uh, The segment... Hello. The segment that's not a segment. Yikes. Is coming up at five thirty-four. I'm, I'm distracted because I'm reading, getting worried. I'm reading about uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Okay, and uh, I saw this in the New York Post, so take it with a grain of salt. But sure, I guess uh, Eric Adams is under fire because he will not he will not confirm what he eats. <laughs> All right, he's he has said in the he has described himself in the past as a vegan. Okay. Who sticks to a plant-based lifestyle, which, hey, man, whatever. Do your thing if that's well, what you yeah, do. Yeah, more power to you. Sure. I'm sure he's much healthier than you or I. Right. But I guess lately he's been caught at uh, at restaurants eating fish. And so... Oh, okay. So he was asked, so do you... Are you a pescatarian? Do you eat fish? And he refused to answer the question. He's like, don't worry about what I eat and what I don't eat. <laughs> like, well, all right. All right. <laughs> I mean, you can you can just say like, ah, yeah, you know, I used to be vegan or vegetarian or whatever, but I have since changed on that. Like, well, here's what he said. He says, does first of all, he's speaking about himself in the third person here too. He says, does Eric eat fish? Does he eat a hamburger? Does he do this? Does he do that? You know, I mean, it's just listen. Here's my message: the more plant based meals you have, the healthier you're going to be. Ignore the noise. Don't worry uh-huh. about what's on Mayor Adams's plate. Put these items in your plate because I'm living a healthier lifestyle. Okay. All right. Like, <laughs> right. What? He's very upset about this. Isn't it? Okay. I mean, this is the mayor of New York City. So let's real quick, let's think about that. This is someone who has worked uh, extremely hard, I would assume, to get elected, which you become the mayor of New York City. That was probably quite a battle. And you probably have a team of people who have prepared you for almost every answer you don't get to be a politician at that level and you don't have a team working with you to make sure you've got an answer for everything. So when you know you're a vegan or you've at least put that out there that that's what you are and then you go out for fish, this must be what they've said is the best answer. You didn't the, these are this is not the fish you're looking for. Just do an Obi-Wan Kenobi mind trick on people and say move along. I don't think that's going to work. Says his insistence that he follows a plant-based, centered life came after Politico reported Saturday that the mayor had ordered fish while he dined at a midtown Italian restaurant. And he uh, can I? Yeah, he said I New, got, look, New Yorkers, got. don't beat yourself up. No one is perfect in the city. If you look at a person who states, "I'm the mayor of 
the city of New York and I'm perfectly imperfect. So if I can be mayor, then you can be the teacher, the engineer, anything you want. Just oh, say, just we're say, trying to flip it into just that. Just say you enjoy fish and you try and be healthy, but sometimes you have an Oreo. Just say it. No one cares. Well, right. I'm I'm sure there are people who would be let down if they were like, he's vegan like me, and that's why I'm voting for him. But All right. Let's also, I mean, vote for who you want to vote for. Let's not vote for people based on what kind of food they eat, because I'm going to guess there are lots of people that eat my diet that I may not agree with politically, you know, or I may really love politically. I'll tell you what. I don't care what their their platform is. You know, you you do a good DeWine impersonation. Give me a little mic. He's running for office again, isn't he? Uh, yes. Hello, I am. And I am not a pescatarian. I am an omnivore. Do I eat you, everything. Do you eat McRibs? Oh. Governor DeWine. I eat the McRib every chance we can. We actually get it flown in. Flown when it's in out from... Of, when it's out of season. Oh, all right. We get it right. from other regions of the country who do have it in season. Mr. Governor, you have my yes. vote. Thank you. Because you care enough to fly in the out-of-season McRib. You have I, my I vote. Just, in my head, that's what McDonald's, that's why they can't just have it all across the board for one month, like or for the entire country. They have like pockets of the country that always are in season. So they're just moving it around every so often, and our region gets it a couple times a year, but so does everybody else. And only the truly rich and powerful get to enjoy a McRib. All the the image of someone sending a private jet yes. for a McRib and then the McRib gets its own seat and it's uh-huh. strapped of in course. there. Yes. Yes. I I love that. All right, rundown. Let's do it. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Buckeyes take care of Maryland yesterday. Uh, EJ was great. They improved to 10-0 and 0 at home. Justin Arns hit a few shots and we should have a parade for him. He's back, Bone. He's back. Yeah, and, and I, I was saying something earlier. I had to go back and double-check. I had a few emails, people saying, you may have the field goal percentages wrong. I was saying earlier that I thought, you know, like the top 100 guys in an, in college basketball were shooting over 44% from three-point land. That apparently, whatever I was looking at, that did not have a minimum attempts attached to it. When you actually look at the, like the top shooters in college basketball, who shoot more than like two shots a year, uh, yeah, I mean, he is, if he would shoot like he did last night, you know, or yesterday, hit four four three-pointers a game, he would be in the top 50 or 60 three-point shooters, you know, in college basketball. But what? But he's never shown that he can be consistent and do that. No. So hasn't. what's the issue? He hasn't. And and I guess this is the other problem I have. He also eats fish occasionally. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm out straight out. We, we, can't, we can't have that. No, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. It's not that Justin Arns is a bad guy or anything like that. It's the fact that he is a... Well, let's talk about what he actually is. He is a role player. But every time CBS comes to do a game, Bill Raftery has to tell you, now this guy, oh, you got to watch out. One of the most lethal three-point shooters in the country. And it's like, man, I love Bill Raftery, but that ain't true. He just is not that guy. And I think sometimes these networks are looking for stories and national writers are looking for stories. When the local guys all say like, oh, Justin Arns, he's back because he hit four threes. Yes, that's a pretty good college basketball game if you can do it regularly. But he's not been that guy. So when he does it once every 10 or 12 games, why do we treat it like this is who Justin Arns is? Justin Arns is by and large a solid role player on a really good college basketball team. That's because guys just want to write a story. 
right? They want to write this. And what did he do last night? Did he score 30? No, he has 14 points and, you know, assisted in the victory. But well, that's right. Buckeyes win that game because EJ's out of his mind again. Write that story. That's Well, that's it, man. I Well, I think it's sometimes people get bored with just saying this team goes because EJ Liddell is great. And then if you get a couple other guys also going with him, then you're going to be good. And so last night, Justin Arns was one of the guys who got it going. Zed Key, who'd also been struggling, by the way, but he he got it back a little bit last night, too. That's great. That's what we need. And you're going to need more of those guys getting more of those performances to do anything big in the tournament, right? Big 10 or otherwise. You're going to have to have four or five guys every single time you go out there putting forth some really great efforts. But I'm happy for Justin Arns. I hope he keeps shooting like this. This notion that he is just this dead-eye shooter that now can be fully relied upon, it seems like that's a little bit much after just one game like this. Teddy, did they uh, announce those game times or game dates for the makeups? There's been no update on that No yet. updates. Nothing we we thought we'd hear sometime today the makeup dates for Nebraska and Iowa, and it may impact some other games on the schedule. If we hear it, we will let you know. Also, Teddy, do you eat fish? Do you enjoy fish? Mm. It's okay. Well, Cobain told us it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. He told us that. Wait, who said that? Kurt Cobain. Oh, he it's, did? It's a, it's a song lyric. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Anyway, Good to know. I'm just saying, if the mayor has any problems with that. For a second, I thought you said Colbert, and I was like, Stephen Colbert? He also just on fish. tons of I fish. I didn't know he was. He buys right, an entire right. tuna and just fillets it himself at home. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right, we had the NHL All-Star Game over the weekend. Zach Wierenski won the Fountain Thing skill competition, if that interests you. The Metro won the game, and the Jackets are back in action tomorrow night in Washington. And then we had the Pro Bowl as well. Justin Herbert and Max Crosby were the MVPs in the AFC's Pro Bowl victory. I, uh, I did turn it on for two minutes, even though I like to tell you every single year that I, I go out of my way not to watch it. I did flip it on for two minutes Saw Kyler Murray throw a pick. The Whoever the hell picked it off ran it back into the end zone for a pick six, but it was comical. Guys running after him, but not really running after him. I have seen Pro Bowls played at half speed. This wasn't even half speed. This was 20% speed. They weren't even tackling anybody in this game. It was comical. Well, right, and I, and I don't, I can be, we can have the same two thoughts in our head, right? That I wish the Pro Bowl, if you're going to play it, I wish it was played like football, but I also don't want to see anybody that I would be rooting for on my team getting injured in the Pro Bowl because it's a meaningless game. So why they do it because they're trying to add another football game. It's a nice honor for some of these guys. But you know the real big honor is the All Pro team, right? If you're if you're like on that list, then that tells me you had a great season. That's what all these guys are looking for. It's fine. It's made for TV. It's not really made for me. If you enjoyed it, good. I'm glad you did. I I have a tough time watching football when it's not played at 100%. I have a tough time watching the NHL when it's not played at 100% either. But at least there you can see some guys pulling trick shots out and doing some crazy things they otherwise may not try in a regular season game. And so that's what makes that slightly more interesting. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. How do we know fish don't have any feelings? I don't think we do. I don't think we do either. Oh, I think that's just something people tell themselves, right? I mean, All right. Whatever. When I was a kid, I wasn't a big fisherman when I was a kid, but I remember I did catch a fish, 
and I hooked the fish in its eyeball. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely don't it up. I was going to say, do they feel that? They don't seem to enjoy it. I mean, eyeball yeah, hook. I, right. I mean, I've I've gone fishing many a time in my life, and that's always the worst is when the hook gets really stuck back in there, and you just yeah. feel bad. I do feel bad for the fish. You're right. I have heard that too. That fish don't feel as much as you know you think. But, but we're guessing. We don't know. No, there, there's no way we could possibly even fathom what their brains process compared to ours. No way. The sports what ifs were rattling in my brain this morning. I will tell you why. Coming up next, Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Some slowdowns to watch out for. You'll find an accident on Greenlawn Avenue west of South High Street. It is causing some backups in this area. The accident does involve injuries. Please be very careful as things continue to clear. Starbuck Report is sponsored by Ohio Laborers and Ohio Lessett. Ohio Laborers, Lessett, and Panera Bread would like to congratulate Matthew Hochran as member of the week. Matthew is a 31-year member journeyman making infrastructure improvements on Lake Avenue in Ashtabula County. Ohio Laborers, build it right, build union. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Monday, the segment that's not a segment, yikes is coming up at 534. There is a new... Uh, is this a 30 for 30? Okay. Documentary on the uh, it's ESPN's The Tuck Rule documentary. And if you're not familiar with The Tuck Rule, Google it, but it is what sort of launched Tom Brady. Tom Brady took over for an injured Drew Bledsoe, and they're playing the Raiders in the AFC Championship game. Tom Brady appears to fumble the ball. Raiders recover, and the Raiders probably win that game. Instead, it was called, well, he's tucking it back into his body, so it's not a fumble. Patriots keep the ball, win the game. History's then made. Tom Brady goes on to win his first Super Bowl, and we know what happens from there. Tom Brady is quoted in this documentary about the tuck rule saying, I'm probably the backup QB going into 2002. I'm not the starter if we lose that game. So we talk about this all the time, the sports what-ifs. If one thing changes, what's the domino effect? How does that impact everything else that we've seen? Perhaps, you know, Tom Brady goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, but it's delayed a little while, and, you know, it's really no big deal. But think about this for a second. I think he's right. If they lose that game... Tom Brady doesn't go on and win the Super Bowl. You probably go back to Drew Bledsoe the next year. Tom Brady's the backup. Then what happens? Does the team struggle? Does Drew Bledsoe have success with that team? Again, that was a a good veteran team. You're not 
unless Drew Bledsoe's injured, I think, going to just bench him in favor of the guy with little to no experience in Tom Brady. Does he ever get his shot with the Patriots? Or does he have to move on someplace else and try and get a shot there? It was bending my mind into a pickle this morning. Yeah, I tend to think that, you know, we have talked about this quite a bit on the show about guys who probably were good enough to play and be successful in the NFL, maybe even win a championship, who just got pigeonholed early in their career as not as talented as advertised or they had a bad experience that stunted their growth and they never fully realized their potential. I don't think the Tom Brady's of the world or you know, the Michael Jordans of Kobe's of the world, right? I don't think those guys, if they didn't get their shot, never would have made it. You know what I mean? I think they would have found their way no matter what. But I think it's a fair question to say, would Tom Brady be the guy that he is now arguably the greatest player to ever play football in the NFL? Probably not. Anyone's going to argue this. The greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Does he reach those heights if he... If they rule that the other way, that's a very interesting question. And I, I tend to think he's probably right. It, he probably doesn't get to start the next year. He, you know, wouldn't have an early Super Bowl to his name and then be an established, this guy won a Super Bowl. But it's not like that was all he did, right? Obviously, he's gone on since then and become a much better quarterback even than he was at that time. So I still think he would have been a multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't think he would have been considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, maybe he never gets that opportunity, though. And and maybe Bill Belichick never becomes Bill Belichick. And maybe the Raiders go on and win that Super Bowl and John Gruden's never fired. And if John Gruden's never fired, does he go to Tampa and win a Super Bowl there? And then the, the, the domino effect, the butterfly effect that sure. happens because of that one thing. If the officials look at that play, which I think we can all look at and say, he fumbled that ball. If they look at that yes. play and say, yes, fumble, think about the sports world and how it changes. Yeah, oh, it, it would change all the way through. I mean, there would be... I think you're right about Bill Belichick. That would definitely be one of the things we'd have to look at. But I, I still think Brady finds a way to get through. But you're right. He, he wouldn't have probably ended up being the dominant player. But you player admit, though, at. there are probably guys that we've never heard of that could have been Tom Brady because they just didn't get the right opportunity. I, I don't know, man. About, they weren't like, in the right place at the right time. Tom Brady level? Yeah, uh, That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, tend to, I tend to disagree on that just because I think there are guys who have... You know, all right, let, like um, Charles Barkley. Let's use him for an example, right? For people who don't remember him in the 80s and early 90s, you might remember him more late 90s or towards the end of his career. He was getting a little slower. When that dude came out of college and pretty much all the way up through the mid-90s, he was just ridiculous. No one could handle him. He was insane. But he wasn't on the greatest teams when he was with the Sixers. And, I mean, he was on some good teams, certainly, but... They were not the same level of teams that ended up being around like Michael Jordan, right? And Michael Jordan went through a lot of years before he became that. Would Charles Barkley, in a different situation, have had Michael Jordan's career? I don't know about that. But I could see Charles Barkley getting a few rings, couldn't you? If he was on a different, yeah, if something else had happened with his career, okay. Well, he came close when he was with the Suns. Right, he was in the finals. Yeah, I mean, I my, my point there, and wait, am I? Yeah, and then my point being... Charles Barkley, his career is probably different, but he was already a great player. 
I don't think that like a guy who ends up being Tom Brady never gets a shot in the NFL. I think there are guys who might have been able to become Tom Brady who we just know as, oh yeah, that guy was pretty good, but remember he had a couple injuries and then he was never the same after that, right? Like, I don't know, even, even a guy like RG3, you know, it's a, a different type of quarterback, right, than Tom Brady, but that rookie year he had was out of his mind good. Yeah. What if he never got hurt? Mm-hmm. And what if he had just been on a team that was like, the first thing we need to do is beef up this defense, this offensive line and get our defense right. So, you don't have to be back there taking shots. And we're going to help you coaches that help him get out of bounds better. And if that had happened, he could still be playing for all we know. He could be one of these guys that we look at and say, that's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I could see that scenario. I don't think he would have ever gotten to seven Super Bowls. The, way, you know what the I mean? way that you think about it is actually healthier because you think that there's some... You know, you you control a certain aspect of it with your a talent. A certain aspect. I Not I tend to look at the world as a more random place where none of us are in control, and I don't I don't know if that's the right way to look at it. And you know what? We'll never know. That's the most frustrating part well, is that we don't have access to the all these alternate universes where these things do happen or don't happen. And I to be clear, I am just talking about like playing the sport from that standpoint. I do acknowledge you're probably right. There are definitely people who may have become the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, who broke their leg in third grade and then they just stopped playing sports, you know, or whatever. Like that I definitely think could have happened, but I don't think, I don't think as often there were guys who got all the way up to high school, were really good, and then just fizzled out because they got on the wrong team. Does that make more sense? No, it, it does. I, I don't know. Like if I'm I... saying. I'm saying I think I think some of those guys may have fizzled out, but they weren't ever going to become Michael Jordan. I think there are guys who were maybe as talented as Michael Jordan, but they just didn't have as good a situation when they got to the NBA or or they didn't get paired with Phil Jackson at the right time. And then that really took them to the next level. That kind of thing. The segment that's not a segment is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident on Greenlawn Avenue west of South High Street. Still working to get this one clear. Plan on some heavy slowdowns in the meantime and an injury crash on the ramp lanes to eastbound I-70 from southbound 270. Plan on some backups here as well and use caution. Strapping report is sponsored by Rumpke Waste and Recycling. New year, new career. Rumpke Waste and Recycling is now hiring new and seasoned CDL drivers age 19 and up. Family owned and operated. Rumpke offers tuition reimbursement, home nightly routes, and a recession resistant career. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with and traffic. Common man here for care, heating, and cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at care, make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Please go to wherever you get your audio. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our cartoon faces pop up. Click. Subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge, including the little bonus nuggets, the flashback shows that Teddy's putting up there. Teddy is earning his money going back into the archives and 
pulling some stuff for you guys to enjoy. I love That's it. very good. I do it for the people. Thanks for doing that, Ted. Can you give us any flashbacks that are coming up this week? No, I'm going to dive into that tomorrow if I have time because I'm doing rapid fire, but I'm sure I'll have some time and I'll Look find something for the people. Making excuses. No, I'll put it out there. I'm just, I'm a busy guy. It is time is. for yikes. Uh, China has spent $37 billion on the Olympics, but apparently can't splurge for some Lunchables for quarantined Olympic athletes. Several have complained about the food or lack of it, but Russian biathlete Valeria Ventisova takes the cake. She says she's been served the same thing for five days for every meal. She took a picture of it, and it's quite small and pathetic looking. She says, quote, my stomach hurts. I'm very pale, and I have huge black circles around my eyes. I want this all to end. I cry every day. I'm very tired. She added that the lack of nutrition in the food has caused her to drop weight, saying, my bones are already sticking out. Yikes. My wife had the same reaction when I tried to sext her one time. She said, it's quite small and pathetic looking. Yikes. Uh, the Lakers record, Mike, it's 26 and 28. That's where they stand right now. Still a lot of basketball left to play, but Anthony Davis injured for a while. I know that. Russell Westbrook, he's been pretty not great, but this Lakers team still has LeBron, and they are sitting below 500. Let me give you a comparison, because the Pelicans of New Orleans... They have been without Zion Williamson all season long. They are 21 and 32, a mere four and a half games behind the Lakers, who were hoping to contend for a championship. And then consider just how bad it's going for Russell Westbrook on top of all that. They won, the Lakers did, 122 to 115 over the Knicks on Saturday. Westbrook was booed by the home crowd, benched for the entirety of the overtime period. He finished the game one of 10 from the field, 0 for 3 from three point range and had just five points in 29 minutes of action. Yikes! Teddy? I'm also talking about the Lakers here, but uh, on the other side of the table, they were playing the Knicks, and the Lakers, they fell behind by 21 points in that game. The Lakers, they had lost 104 straight games when trailing by at least 21 points. Yikes! That's the that was the longest active such streak in the NBA. Well, now they're one and 104 after coming back to beat the Knicks in overtime. The Knicks, the Knicks, hmm? the, the, the Knicks get a yikes for letting that happen. Knicks. <laughs> on on Friday, I read you an opinion piece from a marketing website saying the Washington Commanders got it right with their name and rebrand launch. We laughed at it and told you how stupid it was, both the rebrand and the hot take of this person who probably redesigned the crew logo as well. Well, SB Nation polled readers, and here's what they had to say. 78% thought football team was better than commanders. 37% gave the name a failing grade. 29% gave it a D. 21% a C. 12% a B. 2%, including that marketing guy, gave it an A. Maybe if marketing and branding people stopped trying to impress themselves and, I don't know, served the customer base, they'd stop having these issues. Yikes. So if we're going to stick with basketball, there was a questionable refereeing decision in the Cavs game where they were playing the Chalehone, Chalehone. Friday night, Mike. Uh this is what happened. Uh, best that I can describe it to you. So Dean Wade for the Cavs, PJ Washington for the Chalehone, Chalehone. battling for a rebound under the baseline. This is in the fourth quarter of the game. 
the ball smacks off of P.J. Washington and then on to Dean Wade. His foot is out of bounds when it hit him in the face. So ball is whistled dead. It is going to remain Hornets ball. They were on offense, so it stays under the basket. That was what should have happened. Well, as the ball bounces, it was picked up by one of the Plumley brothers. I forget whichever one plays for them. Who cares? And he fires it off to another player for the Hornets, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, at the, in the corner, right in front of the Cavs bench, shoots a lazy three-pointer after, you know, whistle's blown. It's just a practice shot. Guys do this all the time in basketball. A couple of the Cavs bench players playfully, like, shoved him while he was shooting it. Just joking with him, kind of tapped him on the shoulder. Ed Davis, one of the backups who barely plays. Merritt Kogut, one of the refs, blows the whistle after the it's all done, plays over, it's dead ball. He then signals that the shot is good. It did not go in. He gave three points to a shot that didn't go in and then a technical foul and a bonus free throw for the foul. After the game, the referees concluded, oh, we got that screwed up. But that was four points in a game that actually was pretty snug and the Cavs almost gave away. So bad refereeing in the NBA. Yikes. The Pro Bowl becomes more and more of an embarrassment each year. Nobody wants to tackle anybody in these games. And just to show you how bad it is, Coach Prime, he's calling the players out. He said he remembers how proud and appreciative they were to be there and how they competed at practice and the game. You know there's a problem when Deion Sanders, a player who wasn't known for contact, is calling you out. Yikes. A new scientific study says our best chance at avoiding a mass extinction if an asteroid were hurtling towards Earth would be to take a thousand nukes, cross our fingers, and shoot them at the thing. The study was done by the University of California in cooperation with dude eating Cheetos in his basement. (laughs) There's only one problem with this. It may destroy the asteroid, but it would also create nuclear debris raining down on Earth. So, good luck with all that. Yikes. Seems like someone should make a movie about a better idea on how to destroy an asteroid. Well, Teddy, Teddy told me earlier, all you need is Bruce Willis and a big drill. That's and right. Said. You got that figured out. Uh, this dude from Florida, Mike, his name's Bradford Weitzel. Uh, Martin County Sheriff's Office arrested this man from Port St. Lucie. He's 38 years old. He had a problem after he went to a night of drinking at the bar. Couldn't locate his car. This was early Saturday morning, so... He told police he did what anybody would do. He stole another car to find Mm -hmm. the car he could not find. Then, as he was searching for his car, uh, the car he stole apparently broke down. Broke down right on the train tracks. So, he abandoned the the car, which then got hit by a train. He was not in it. The car, though, was thrown off the tracks and into a house near these railroad tracks. No one was injured, thankfully, in the home or in the accident, but Bradford Weitzel was not done. After leaving the car and causing all that chaos, he then vandalized a business. He also attempted to steal a forklift and eventually flagged down authorities (laughs) to say, I'm looking for my car. If you could help me find it. They eventually pieced together all the mayhem he had accrued, and he was charged with grand theft, criminal mischief, and additional charges are expected. Yikes. Yeesh. Wow. No, it's not yeesh. Yeesh. It's yikes. Yikes. All right. Mike's uh, second favorite golfer, Jordan Spieth. Spieth. 
<laughs> he shot a 63 on Saturday in the third round of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But it consisted of a yikes moment. On the eighth hole, his shot came to rest on the edge of a 65-foot cliff. Yikes. Instead of taking a penalty shot, he decided to take a swing at it. Luckily, he made the shot and he didn't fall, but it was definitely a yikes moment for Jordan Speed. I was coach. He missed the cut. Matt Kuchar update. Coach! Yeah. He, he missed the cut. Our guy, yeah, he missed the cut. All right, sorry. Maybe you're saying, why do you have to play the intro? Why not? Why not? All right, back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on Greenlawn Avenue west of South High Street. It is still causing some backups as things continue to clear. And an accident now causing delays on 5th Avenue at 670. Please be careful here as well. This traffic report is sponsored by eBay Motors. Getting stuck in traffic is part of owning a car. Getting stuck because you don't have the right parts doesn't have to be. That's because eBay Motors has all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. So keep moving and moving in style at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Buckeye Roundtable is coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of Buckeye Roundtable. Your friend and mine, Timmy Hull. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys, Man Bone. How are you? How are oh, you doing? I'm this, so happy that you're week. here. So happy. Oh, me too. I can't even talk. This bodes well. Mm-hmm. We got a whole <laughs> two-hour network show. You're going to be talking to the whole state, Timmy. How does that? Yeah. How does that feel? It feels pretty good to mm-hmm. do this show. We got a lot of fine guests coming up tonight. Tyvis Powell is going to join me as a guest on the show for the first time. So we'll talk some Buckeye football. I might get his take on. You know, his feelings on not just the loss to Michigan, but everything that's gone on with Michigan this past week here. Feels like a time to strike for Buckeyes. I, I wanted to ask you about that because we were talking about it earlier in the show when yeah. you know Josh Gaddis leaves, which would have been bad anyway sure. to leave yeah. that anyway, job. Anyway, the Broyles? Yeah, to go leave that job and go to Miami to do the same job. It's not like he's taking a head coaching job, but the parting shots on his yeah. way out saying he wasn't respected... This is the worst case scenario. It almost would have been better for Michigan if Harbaugh left for the NFL because then at least you have that clean break. But it looks like the way things went down, nobody on that staff appreciated it. Oh, I mean, you said it, man. I agree 100% with everything everything you said. Can you boys imagine that this is where they are the one time they beat Ohio State? I mean, what, honestly, what what is the game script here? What are you supposed to do? You beat Ohio State for the first time ever. Jim Harbaugh wants to parlay that into getting out from underneath the miserable program that he's a part of. He didn't want to be there. He's not there on National Signing Day of all the days, right? And 
You know, his brother John takes one of his coordinators. Well, you know why. Josh Gatt, yeah. The only we, reason we why, why that was done is because Jim told John, I'm not going to be here. You of can course. take him. Yeah, yeah and, that, well, that, was, and also, that was writing John, on the wall. I, didn't they loan Mike McDonald kind of out to Jim? Because like, I want to say yes. he was an assistant on the Ravens, and then he went over there, and then they were, that, that seems like Had kind the of great a great defense. Of, yeah, yeah. Went back. All right, we'll fix that for you. We'll get you out of Michigan, and then I get my guy back. And then it, the only part that didn't work was Harbaugh actually getting out of there. No, I mean, I, I can't think of anything uglier or being in a worse place considering you had the best season that you've had in Jim Harbaugh's tenure by a mile and this is the price you're paying, losing coaches left and right. And like you said, not just that, but the things that they're saying. And to, to go to Miami, I mean, you could probably put Michigan and Miami football in the same box, right, as far as proud programs who just can't seem to find a way back to where they once well, were. Yes, Gattis goes to one of those that's, places. Uh... That's almost disrespectful to Michigan football, where Miami has been. Right? Is, I mean, that is true. They're those, worse. Those They're two worse. programs should not be uttered together. And well, but they, I mean, but I, I know what you're saying, Tim, from the standpoint of they had bigger traditions, they thought, and they just have not lived up to those expectations. Miami had a like, more precipitous drop over the last they did. 15 they, years they, or so. They went way below where Michigan has been because they haven't even competed. But in, in just. Just in terms of programs that used to compete for national championships. And I don't know, depending on who you ask, they could tell you that 20 years ago is a long, long time. And some people have a different point of view and say that's not that long ago when, you know, Ohio State was beating Miami in one of the great games of, of, of all time, you know, and they were at the top of the world. Uh, what else is coming up on the, on Buckeye Roundtable tonight? Yeah, every single week we talk to head coach Kevin McGuff. I had to talk to him earlier today because they are tipping off right yep. at 6 o'clock for their next game. But you'll get to hear that end of the 6 o'clock hour. Steve Rollick, coach of the men's hockey team. Another great weekend for them as they beat Wisconsin twice. They are a Frozen Four contender, I believe. They're a great team. And I mentioned Tyvis Powell. We'll get to hear some thoughts from Chris Holtman. The captain, Ron Stokes, will be on the show. And some football recruiting talk with Jeremy Birmingham. Buckeye Roundtable, top of the hour. Two big hours right here on The Fan. Back page, let's do it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, if you were in Nicholasville, Kentucky this uh, fine day. Home of the Holt Man. Is that is that where he's from? Hometown. Yep. I did not know that. Well, there you go. He will probably be hearing about this because at the Wendy's out in front of uh, Main Street there, about 2.30 p.m. this afternoon, a white Ford Focus, it looks like, uh, flipped over Flip. and landed in the parking lot of this Wendy's. Okay, oh. so that's, that's pretty scary. Well, then witnesses say two men got out, one man had guns oh, with him oh. and threw the guns in a bush. Then immediately... In the bush? Yes, in the, the bush. bush. These these two were then fighting with each other. Police, obviously, and everyone was called because it's a car flipping over and then there's guns and then there's people fighting. Bush. And apparently the police said when they arrived, both men claimed that they had been kidnapped by the other one. Oh, all right. <laughs> and so one of those men say, was Chris Holtman. Right. Police say that the other was it is, it is unclear who owned the guns, who owned the car, 
who was driving what the mean, car. It's unclear who owned the car. Can't they just look at the registration? They said the car is not registered to either of these no, no. people. All right. But That's they also said it is not believed to be stolen. So uh, What? Right. They said they think this was someone else's car that one of them was allowed to use, but they're not sure who. So what I'm telling you is if you lived in Nicholasville, Kentucky, there's a lot going on apparently today, and I'm quite sure they'll be talking about this one for a while. I feel like this may be one of the few back page stories that needs a follow up. So <laughs> I will try to keep an eye on this over the next few days I and just, see if we get more information. But I just love how you toss the guns into the bush, bush. of all the places. Well, the bush that's Very right there. Spot. Yeah. It's not like chuck I mean, them in the bush. It's not like they threw them into the Amazon where you'll never find them. You <laughs> throw it into a bush that's ten feet from where the accident happened, and everyone saw you do it. So that's that's not a great strategy. The bush though was Gavin Rossdale, who just happened to be at that <laughs> Wendy's at that time. Yes, and he was he very threw interested it at in the bush, not into the bush. Yes. Well, he was very interested in anything car related because he has a machine head, as you know. Uh, Ed <laughs> uh, Key wanted to talk all day. About That's it. right. There you go. And uh, this other story I thought was just it's it's a nice story about curling. Uh, back in 2018, there was a photo of Canadian curler John Morris and American rival Matt Hamilton sitting side by side, drinking a beer after their uh, match that they had. And this article from the AP goes on to talk about how a lot of curling fans and a lot of curling people very brokenhearted about the fact that there's not a lot of beer drinking going on because of all the rules they have for this Olympics. So something we're missing out on there. Are they usually allowed just to drink beer when they curl? It's part of the culture, all right? right? I, mean, I didn't well, know Timmy knows. He went to the curling club, right? Beer everywhere. I, I you get did, to put a beer but, on but, a gold medal. I didn't know we that. We got to go. We got to go. Stop yeah. talking. All right. Buckeye Roundtable's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane of 670 Eastbound after Neal Avenue. Police and a wrecker are now on scene trying to get things cleaned up. A plan on some heavy slowdowns and an accident also causing delays on 5th Avenue at 670. Please be cautious in this area. This traffic report is sponsored by Mucinex 12 Hour. Did you know that doctors use Mucinex? That's right. Mucinex is the number one OTC brand doctors trust for themselves and their families. So with cold and flu season upon us, why would you use anything else? Grab Mucinex and put yourself back in control. Available at CVS. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. HD1 Columbus. The Fan. The Fan. Good evening, I'm Eric Reeser. The basketball Buckeyes stand pat in this week's AP Top 25. OSU remains at 16. Buckeyes beat Maryland on Sunday at the Schottenstein Center. They'll play at Rutgers on Wednesday night. Elsewhere in the Top 25, Purdue climbs one spot to number three. Their opponent for Wednesday is Illinois. The Illini jump up five spots to 13. Ohio University scored some points in the others receiving votes category. OU is 19-3 overall and leads Toledo by a half game in max standings. The Rockets will host the Bobcats tomorrow night. In the NFL, the Texas 
Texans will reportedly promote defensive coordinator Lovey Smith to be their next head coach. Smith had previous head coaching stops in Chicago and Tampa, and the Columbus Blue Jackets return from the All-Star break tomorrow in Washington against the Capitals. On Monday, they put center Emil Bemstrom into COVID protocols. CBJ recalled Trey Fix-Wolanski from the Cleveland Monsters. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan, Ohio sports destination. As the world gets back on track, now's the time to look forward and make bold, life-changing decisions. If you're ready to complete your college degree or pursue your master's like an MBA, Ohio Dominican University... Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald if I don't. If I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills, or whatever the generic is called now, yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called Amateur Pecia. I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. And I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson. Uh, Maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And, so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on should. it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. Need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. Thanks. You, you would. I, you would look like a total I mean, clan member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's, I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is, you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. That shave it back down, but the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn but you're you, saying i i think you're people saying get the wrong impression you would accuse me of it even though you know me and know i would never do right. something like that i that's, know i know i've known you the, for years that's bad but i would just yell well, racist at you and run away well, i'm glad i don't shave my head all the way down then is it okay where it is now because well, i just fine wanna, now okay good i yeah, just want to make sure like every other fat soccer yes, loving guy good. Right i don't, <laughs> don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate so good all right A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something.